Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. This show is brought to you by... The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Hey, what's happening, everybody? It's Brian House here for Housework, and you're listening to episode number 13 of Work For It. We are joined, as always, in the studio by my main man, Mr. Trent Hill. Howdy, folks. And my beautiful wife. Hi. Sarah. And uh, She sounded confused for a moment. Yeah, it was I a, did. It well, was he a had delay. a look on his face. Like, I didn't know if he was going to say Sarah, <laughs> and then I say hi, or if I should say hi first, and then he would say Sarah. So It's usually you say hi, then I say your name. Did That's he have the works. e-break look on his face? <laughs> I had my finger in the air. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I messed right. up the whole intro. Hey, I'm that's sorry. okay. And uh, we're now uh, kind of shifting gears. We're trying to do uh, a couple episodes a week. And uh, because of COVID, we're all kind of like, you know, stir crazy and we love hanging out. So uh, the formats, uh, sort of tentative format is going to be like we do one episode with a guest and then another episode of what you're listening to right now, which is drinks. On the house, baby. Yeah, where we pop a cork or mix a cocktail and uh, have a little chat. And and as we're chatting, we're drinking and getting even more, uh, you know, sort of loose and, you know, things are kind of flowing. And it's a free flow conversation based around, you know, whatever we have going on in our lives at the moment. So that's work for it in a nutshell. That's drinks on the house work for it, really. So. What do you guys have going on this week? What I, I know Trent's got a ton of stuff going on. I'm, I've been chatting with him privately, so I'm aware. But uh, Trent, how's it going, buddy? It's good. The 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 uh, vendor actually showed up way earlier than I was expecting. They showed up at eight o'clock this morning, and the guy called me. And he's like, uh, "Are you home?" I was like, "Yeah, I'm home." He's like, "Well, I knocked on the door," <clears throat> and uh, it's like, "I'm I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. I was still asleep." 
So I went out there and he'd already unloaded my all my materials and all I had to do is give him cash to pay it off and I'm good to go. Yay, you something sound, good happened. Yeah, you sound less stressed. This is all good news. Well, I mean, yes, ten, ten of, tentatively. <laughs> He's like, well, because, just hold on, though. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want to get too ahead of myself because this is only for the porch. I still have the rest of the house to do. Oh, and that okay. material doesn't show up till next week. So will you tackle just the porch and finish it? Yeah. And then do the rest of the house? Okay. So I, you, I, I was actually going to have the porch done by noon. But my sister showed up, and I haven't seen her literally since the COVID a, started. I didn't know you had a sister. Oh, yeah. This I've got two, si- two sisters and a brother. Oh, my God. Three siblings. So where are you in that in, in the sibling order? Um, well, okay. So these are all half-siblings through my mom. Got it. So I'm the oldest. But if you count my half-siblings through my dad, I'm kind of the middle child the overlooked one the one that gets left behind on every well, decision yeah but he's a, he's a sperm donor like literally yep. since since my mom left him when i was real young like 18 months or so i've i've received like two or three letters and one phone call so sounds like a real piece of work yeah yeah you should so call other him up, than tell that him Tell him you're doing a roof and you need an extra set of hands. Oh, he's, yeah. Let's let's not get into that. But <laughs> what we should get into is I'm munching on these tasty cheddar cheese curds from Wisconsin. Oh, the land of good the old cheese. squeaky cheeses. Oh man, yeah, that's a big thing up in Wisconsin. That's where all my my most of my family is now is up in. Oh Wisconsin. yeah, you betcha. Oh get some, yeah, get some of that betcha. squeaky purse cheese. Don't you know? Get on it. Cheese is the best food ever. Especially <clears throat> you, from a purse. You can't change my mind. It lasts. <laughs> it lasts. You, got, you just need the right purse. Yeah. And the it. right cheese. That's it. That's yeah. it. Well, I've got like, I've got, I've been super busy. I haven't been able to do as much social media as I would prefer. Uh, I'm, I'm doing, I've got a couple of major projects going on. One of which is, uh, you, you know, from a few episodes back, we talked about how I'm losing like my right hand guy that, mm-hmm. uh, works yeah. for me. And, um, <clears throat> so I, I did hire somebody to replace him and then sort of shifted responsibilities from, you know, sort of split his role in half and the tech side I'm given to the new guy. And the administrative side, I'm giving to uh, Alex, who is my uh, the other employee that's worked for me for a long time, and uh, kind of like you know gave him the opportunity. He said like, "Hey, man, if you want to step up and do the step leadership up, role, yeah. yeah, you you know you're the right guy to do it. You know the role, and you could do it." Um, but I wanted to sort of separate the leadership role and the tech role, right, so that the person didn't feel like they had to do both. And, um, and from a leadership, leadership perspective, uh, that person would, you know, more or less be kind of the captain of the ship and then there'd be a crew. And I'm sort of like the admiral that shows up like once a week kind of thing. Um, however, I'm there like all the time now. So like, I'm really trying to help and aid in the transition of these, these employees. And then also I'm vetting the new guy and in the course of, being in there, I realize like 
the phone is ringing so much. You know, we are inundated with work. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize how much work we, we you know, was happening. And uh, I went to the guys and I said, you know, could you use like a fourth person in here? And they were like, well, I don't know. You know, some days we're just not, we don't have enough to do and whatever. But, you know, there's days where it's like this and it's all, you know, it's piling up. So I stayed in there, worked in my little loft office for like a, a week and realized that if I wasn't answering the overflow calls of everyone coming in that uh, or everyone calling in, that that phone would ring to voicemail, which if you're a business owner in a service-based industry, that's like- That's death. That's death. Can't have it. So uh, I hired a fourth guy and put him in place uh, and his role. So working, just to step back for a second, doing the house-made project, doing the grinders, doing the YouTubes, doing the Instagrams and all that, I've now 100% completely drank the Kool-Aid on social media being such a huge drive for marketing. It's so important. So I figured if I hired this fourth guy, he would not, his role would be technician, but also um, social media manager. So mm-hmm. somebody that would handle all of the social media uh, postings and we would give him a schedule that he would have to adhere to. So, you know, he would have to, uh, you know, cross post on four different platforms at least once a day, maybe, maybe twice a day. Well, good. That means you can idea. finally. <clears throat> well, that's a good idea, Sarah. But now <laughs> I, I strongly suggest that you get a work for it uh, account set up and you include that in the uh, queue. Uh, you mean like just a work for it podcast? Yeah, uh, that, that way. Media, social media uh, yep, account, yep. like say for just, Instagram. Just like the rest of the Makery Network has a specific uh I was thinking about that. A podcast specific. Yeah, and then give everybody access to it, like give you access and Sarah yeah. access so you guys that, can That respond. way, when you're, when you're busy, one of us, all you have to do is shoot can us a respond. text or an email, and we know that one of us needs to pick it up. And well, you get a notification just like you do on your on your current Instagram account. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. I just didn't want to add another account and be no, like, No, but okay, now that now. you have someone who can handle that stuff, it offloads yeah. a lot of that from you. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so so I've got him in place now, and he is he's off and running. Um, young guy, and he's really eager to. He's green, like he doesn't have any experience at all in tech industry or, or anything. But um, one of the benefits of COVID is that I have a plethora of people to pick from to hire because there's a lot of people out of work right now, and it's kind of unheard of that places are hiring. So. Right. You know, if I if I put a beacon out there, the unfortunate part is, is the there's a lack of skilled uh, workers like uh, there's a lot of unskilled work. Yes, but skills can be trained. And this is this is one of my pet peeves about not only dismantling uh, Votech, but also how so many starting positions require a bachelor's degree. Yeah. The duty to train your employees falls on the employer, not on the person trying to get the job. 100% agree. And we and we actually so the the guy that we hired to to take care of, you know, the tech side, the upper tech side of, of stuff. 
um, <clears throat> we immediately paid for classes for him to go take Udemy courses and get certified and all that. And and then on top of that, we're you know in a mad dash to get this guy out into uh, you know the commercial spaces where we're doing all this work. Well, it makes it it makes him way more valuable to you. And the other part is it makes him more loyal because you're investing in him. Are you unraveling like a sandwich right now? Like a big. It's, sorry, it's so it's a squeaky it's a cheese. cheese bag. <laughs> it, it sounds really delicious. It sounds like you're unrolling like a 12 foot long hoagie or something. It's, no, it's, but it's, it's like hilarious. a whole pound of cheese in curd form. Oh, so my you know, God. Oh, man. I thought it sounded like kind of like a thing of Swedish fish. Oh yeah, Swedish fish. Is <laughs> it's good. like really crackly, they but not too crackly. Like if I eat too many of those, they make me really sick. Like gummy anything, just it gums me up. All oh, right, but but I do love them. I know that, I love that them is too. that is one of my weaknesses. Twizzlers and gummy worms. Oh, oh wow. my god, I can like overdose, <laughs> and then I'm like camped on the toilet for like an hour the next day because wow. you know that stuff just. Well, it's just corn syrup and sugar and shit, yeah. and it just yeah. Do you like goes the, right through you? Do you like the gummy worms that are just the gummy worms, or the ones that are rolled in the the sour patch kids oh, I like sugar? I like I like, I like both. both. But my dogs really like the gummy worms, so I bite the heads off and I give them the the heads, and it's so oh funny because they sit there and they chew and they chew and they chew because you know, I think it's a texture thing. But now anytime I get gummy worms or Twizzlers out, all three of the dogs are up in my face like, "Give me some, give me some, <laughs> give me give some, some of that, Dad. Hook me up." Yeah, I we I can't even imagine what Max farts would smell like <laughs> if we start giving him licorice. It'd be like well, anise and shit all in the yeah. air at the same you, time you you have to you have to be like really you know realistically We're i shouldn't give sarah. it to him at she, all you can't see sarah trent but she is <laughs> her head is in her hands and she's <laughs> laughing she can't <laughs> yeah it was the mention of anise and shit yeah yeah yeah, yeah. The but next yeah i mean bath and body works candle <laughs> <laughs> i do not want to go to that store uh <laughs> But no, I mean realistically, you shouldn't give your dog sugar. I mean, but yeah, it, and because I give them such a small piece, I mean it's about the size of my pinky nail is the pieces I actually give them, mm-hmm. and and I don't just sit there and just keep feeding them to them, but yeah. it's just enough that they like it, and it's just enough that uh, they want more. We've been yeah. doing some experiments uh, with. I had a craving for chicken wings the other day. Oh, those are so good. My yeah, wife yeah. hates them, so the rare opportunities I get them, I just like pig out. Right, right. And, and you know, they're not the healthiest of thing to eat, but if every once in a while, it's not a big deal. So you, with our grocery stores down here, we have like these Publix uh, grocery stores and you can get deli uh, chicken wings, you know, from their deli and they're fried, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're, and they're good, but they're a little tough. And so Sam's Club sells frozen chicken wings in like a bag, like a big, if you can imagine like a pillowcase and it's filled with frozen chicken wings. This is what you get uh, from Sam's Club. He's right. It legit is a pillowcase. Yeah. And uh, so I look this up to see if you can cook these in an instant pot because I love my instant pot. I cook a lot of meat in oh, it. Oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah. You know, it's a pressure cooker. It's just a, basically a um, digital pressure cookers all day yeah yeah and um sure enough you can cook uh these chicken wings in there right and it takes about 12 minutes uh you know you throw your frozen wings in there with a little bit of water 
and uh, turn it on. And of course, you set it for 12 minutes. It takes over. It probably takes like 40 total for for it to warm up, cook at pressure, 12 minutes, then shut down and you know cool off. By the time it hits like minute 30, the house smells like somebody took a shit in a dumpster, like a uh, hundred degree sort of uh, Florida sun situation. Like, let's say a leaking septic tank. Brian. And it's like, the, and, and so just you to give you a frame of reference. say that it smells vile, even though it's just cooked I'm trying chicken. to paint a picture. Here. Oh, it's so, painted. Uh, oh, yeah, it's painted. And, so. and. I don't know what it is about chicken wings when you cook them like that, but they just smell really bad. And the whole house fills with this. So meanwhile, the the kids kids are coming downstairs and going, what what is is happening? What are you cooking? Oh, my God. It's awful. Blah, blah, blah. You know, it smells like somebody took a shit on the floor. I think that's what Dexter said. (laughs) So so anyway, by the time you're done with this, this pot, you know, uh, you pull the lid off and it smells, you know, like chicken and shit and weird. I don't know. It's a weird smell. So the key to this is, though, the meat is like falling <laughs> off the bone. There's not a lot of appetizing smells coming, but the, 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 the visual is nice. You pull these things out, you put them on a platter, and then you throw them under the broiler for, say, like 12 minutes. Like the last batch, Sarah really likes them crispy. So I, I throw them in the broiler for like 20 minutes, and they are like falling off the bone on the inside, but the skin turns brown and crispy and it just it they then they start to smell like actual chicken wings. They smell good, uh, and 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 then you pull them out of the oven. You throw them in a Tupperware bin. You add whatever you want. Uh, my favorite sauce uh, so far has been fifty fifty sweet baby Ray's barbecue sauce mixed with Frank's red hot uh, okay. sauce. Okay, so you get kind of like a spicy sweet. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, it's not because like Frank sometimes is almost too hot for me. Like I, I, I can't eat a lot of that. So I I'm, love it. My mouth you're is watering. Such a just white boy. Thinking about it. Yeah, it, like it is don't really don't good. get me wrong. I don't think that hot is like macho because like it's it's not like just some people have the genetics for it. But I, I don't know. I'm one of those weird people. I like when I like bite into something that makes me start sweating. You get those fat beads of sweat rolling <laughs> down your sweats. forehead yeah and like your face feels flushed like i don't know i really like that i think it's the endorphin rush i like that too but i also like to taste my food and sometimes like the it's just too much you know so i, I <laughs> yeah. feel like okay yeah. i'm I, I need a little bit of the sugar so that's where the sweet baby rays comes in and man trent i'm telling you they are really effing good, man. Like I am way into this, even though the house smells like, you know, um, I've just used the Brian. e-brake hot garbage, yeah, hot cool. garbage, uh, and uh, you know, fecal spray and the whole thing. Brian. I feel like it is it is way worth doing because you get a better quality chicken wing that isn't fried. By the way, most mm-hmm. of the fat falls off of the the actual chicken wing into the pan. And that's uh, probably the majority of the smell. You think? I was thinking yeah. it was like maybe the marrow. No, no. it's the Chick- fat. Is it yeah, the fat? chicken oh, fat. Yeah. Chicken fat is really not appealing. Yeah, it smells really bad, especially if it, if you leave it in the like once you scrape all that stuff into a, the garbage. Uh, we made the mistake of scraping it into the garbage can, and then garbage day wasn't for like three or four days. So if you can imagine, yeah, like a warm garage. Uh, 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a nice Florida garage. Although at least our garage has air conditioning. <laughs> <laughs> we do. We're super snobby. We got an air conditioner for our garage. Like a mini split. But, it, you know, it keeps it nice and cool. That's the reason why we AC our garage. It's garages like, it's like walking it, into a gym shower that somebody just ripped ass in that just or like a high school like boys shower like yeah yeah like somebody like just stomped a turd through the the (laughs) drain just (laughs) beer farts and (laughs) yeah lacrosse is that what (laughs) like after a lacrosse game oh yeah dude boys are men are just we're just men are disgusting pigs all of us disgusting but we taste like a chicken wing <laughs> Very sweet and salty. Yeah. All right, you. So anyway, so that's what I've been doing: uh, hiring new guys, making chicken wings, drinking a lot of wine. I have been, uh, you know, kind of on the, uh, you know, a few glasses a night to kind of help me sleep because honestly, with all the changes going on and COVID and the and the business changes and how busy I am at work and all of that, man, like I just need to turn off at night. So. Not doing a ton of social media. I'm just kind of like, you know, I know a lot of people are messaging me and I try to get back to everybody as much as possible, but it's been, it's been tough to kind of keep up with everything. And, and I'll get back to my normal schedule probably in another month or so when things get back to normal. So that's uh, what I'm hoping for. I, th- I think things are, I'm not trying to be negative, but I think things are about to get a lot worse. And it's well, not you know beca- what I mean? In my it's not life, because normal, of, yeah, but, yeah, I was going to say it's not because of the election. I think that, uh, well, probably about September, we're going to start seeing an upward swing in cases just because everybody, you know, everybody's like, I've been stuck inside. No, there's a difference between being, you know, I don't know. It's not like nobody was allowed to go outdoors for a walk, you know, but when winter actually hits, that's when people, that's when people are stuck inside for real. Because yeah, and they want to go to a bar or something. They can't uh-huh. do it. Yeah. And, and down see, down here in Florida, we're on the polar opposite where winter is Dude, I, our playground. Like, this yeah. is the time we hang out outside because it's nice and cool. I was going to say, because it's not 90-degree armpit weather. Yeah, it's like 70, 75 and sunny every I, day. I have like to ask months. you, not to bring politics into it, but what the fuck is going on down there? With this sheriff who's like, no masks. Oh, we get all, we, man, we got so many cowboys down here. I mean, it, it's just, it just is what it is. And, and you know what? These guys are all, all of them. Anybody that does this, th- this is the best part. Karma, the thunderbolt that comes down out of the sky, the karma thunderbolt, I like to call it, comes down and, you know, just smacks these people and gets them, you know, right, right in the back of the head almost every time. Like that Georgia school that opened up. And, you know, you got these photos of the two, three hundred kids in one space. Oh, you you mean the girl that they the girl that they suspended because, you know, they got caught and then they had to backpedal because lo and behold, more people cared about the girl than about their stupid bullshit policy. Well, they, they were there, what, for three days? She's and then somebody threats. came up. Yeah. COVID no, positive. I know, but it's because, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I This sounds horrible because I'm, I'm, I try not to be like one of those, there ought to be a law. But I, I really do think that, like, have you ever read uh, Starship Troopers? Like the no. book that the movie's based on? No, it's so not a movie. You, ha- you had to actually do something to be a citizen. Like, in order to vote, 
you, you had to like contribute to society, which either meant serving in the armed services or you had to take on like uh, essential, uh, what they call essential personnel. You mean I can't just be born and exactly. gain all these and, rights? And not only that, so you not only did you have to perform the service function, but you asked, you had to pass tests. And I, and it really bothers me. This really does bother me because I have a friend who he happens to be white, but he's from South Africa, and he moved here and he became a naturalized American citizen. And there are at least 200 million American citizens by birth who could not pass the citizens test, the citizenship test. So it really bothers me. I could pass it. Yeah, it really bothers me that the average jackass can just be dumber than dog shit and they get a say in anything that goes on, whether it's local, state, federal, whatever. But they, they, they don't know where their own capital is on a map, like their own state capital, not even like washington dc they don't know shit about what happened in what year and why it's important and like it it just really bothers me that any any fucking mouthpiece with access to a internet connection is allowed to spray their ignorance all over the world yeah we have a we have and i notice this comes and goes in phases but like uh my youtube channel all of a sudden will get a deluge of like just straight up moronic ignorant comments from people who clearly aren't even really watching the videos it's almost like they're just they're, they have to vomit <laughs> this sort of negativity they're, they're, they're trolls yeah. yeah yeah they're trolls they're- the other day someone told brian that he had really small hands yeah i have a, a hatchet restoration video that i did we Dex, dexter and i went magnet fishing we found a, an old s-wing hammer or s-wing hatchet in the water and um <clears throat> i restored it and somebody just wrote on that video uh you have mighty small hands or something. It was a really weird comment, you know, because I don't think I have small hands, but maybe in the video they look small. I don't know. Well, maybe if you drink enough and you're in that frame of mind, that sounds like something that you should share. Yeah, I just don't know why anyone needs to say it. We were having the conversation of, so in that person's- Sorry for clearing my throat. No, no, no. In that person's head, right? Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure sure it it made sense in their head- but yeah. yeah, but when you're not in the same frame of reference, you're just like, all right. This is what George Carlin <laughs> said. I'm a big fan of George Carlin. I and mean, he said, think about how dumb the average person is. And then half of them are dumber than that. <laughs> right. And I just find that so funny. And I try to apply that to a lot of situations have I'm you, in on the regular basis. Have you watched the bit by uh, Daniel Tosh? Where he says, oh, I, I can't Josh. believe that 90% of Americans have jobs. <laughs> <laughs> and, we and don't I, watch Tosh anymore. Now that we, like, we don't have, uh, we got rid of our direct TV or whatever. Yeah. YouTube. He's got, he's got his own channel on YouTube. Oh. Well, I mean, we probably have the Comedy Central app, too. We yeah, just we never. It. Well, because I, I think he started it because of COVID, so he's been updating it pretty regularly. Oh, speaking of which, not that this guy needs my shout-out at all, but you want a fantastic YouTube channel? Mm. Kevin James did a YouTube channel. Oh, I like him. And he King con- of Queens. Yes, and he does these little little mini vignettes that Paul are Lark. just 
it's like the sound guy and so the sound he's this like boom operator sound guy thing i'm not in the theater or whatever but you know like the guy who would make sure yeah, that all like the sound is recorded yeah the grip yeah. yeah so but he inserts himself into all these famous movies and it's fucking hilarious oh the way he God. edits it kevin james all right we'll yes. check that out and not not only the sound guy bits but he does these little vignettes like literally little mini movies that are like i think his longest one's like eight minutes they're fucking perfect yeah, I like him. I mean, he's cheesy at times, but I think his stuff is really great. I, and that was one of my go-to shows, King of Queens. I always mm-hmm, loved watching mm-hmm. that when like, it was on. It's like one of those funny – because I love Jerry Stiller. Eh, bless his heart. Rest in peace, Jerry Stiller. But I am a huge Jerry Stiller fan ever since Seinfeld. And he yeah, plays yep. – okay, so Jerry <laughs> Stiller played – yeah, Serenity plays, now! Yeah, he, play, he plays uh, her father. And then mm-hmm. they live in the same house together. And who's the who's the mom? Oh gosh, I can't ever think Phyllis of her name. Phyllis Diller? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> who's Kevin James's <laughs> wife in King of Queens? She's oh, like Leah, Leah Romini. She yeah. always reminds me of Fran Drescher a little bit. But yeah, she was in the religious. Yeah, cult. but with a yeah. with a more husky voice. Yes. Yeah, I like that. Flinty. She, Jerry Stiller plays her father, like and they and he lives in the gravel. basement. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I always thought she was kind of sexy. She's she's it, you remind me a little of her actually. Oh yeah, yeah. I yeah. I'm a Scientologist. I'm a big too. I'm big into brunettes. <laughs> I like that whole thing. Oh, you're into Scientology? Is that oh, what she's yeah, into? Brian. Yeah, yeah. She was. Oh. Well, she, she was. Escaped it. She was. Yeah, she escaped it because she realized just how fucking batshit it is. She did like a Hallmark special or something. Actually, I that was probably just the kiss of death for our pat- podcast because we just dissed Scientology. And those those fuckers I, come after everybody. Uh, I don't think we're that. Yeah, I'm popular. sure we're on their radar. I'm well, sure that's what I'm saying. They're probably going to make sure we never get big. Oh, we just uh, ruined it. We do that to ourselves, I think. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So to the three people that are left, yeah, right. listening. Yeah. Hey, we're kind of big in Denmark. I have some <laughs> European fans. Yeah, dude. I, uh, I okay. So he, I can't. Well, I don't want to ruin the surprise, but you're you're going to be getting a package, and and I had asked you for your address, your mailing address earlier in the week, uh-huh. and it is not because I'm sending you something. It's one of our people, uh, a, a, a common connection, has is sending you something, a gift, and it's really cool. So um, he asked me for your address, and I gave it to him so you could, you know, that he could. <laughs> you broke it. You broke it off me. Well, well, that's just it, because I was like, oh wait, maybe I shouldn't say anything, because you know, I don't know how like you want to keep your address private or whatever. But it's a PO box. So well, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine with you. I just don't, you know, I, I'm sure I'll be okay with this package. I just don't want it getting out there. I almost gave you my wife's work uh, address because she's there so much. That we just get a lot of stuff Amazoned. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Shipped to there because that way she gets done working and she doesn't have to go to the post office. I don't have mm-hmm. to make a trip. It's just there waiting for her. So Yeah, no, and I vetted this person. I know who they are. I'm I'm very familiar with them and I would never give your address to somebody just a f- straight up fan. He's lying. He gives it out to everybody. <laughs> well, I did post it on YouTube. He made sure everybody got <laughs> Along it. Along with your phone number. With a satellite image of where the house is located <laughs> in Wyoming. But I hope that's okay. Yep. Time to time, <laughs> time to burn everything to the ground and move on. 
<laughs> people are going to be zooming in on your house and be like, Trent, what's up with your roof? That that looks like a leaky roof. You gotta you better get started. Oh, that's not nice. Yeah, he doesn't have his materials yet. He's waiting. It's not. It has nothing yeah, to do with Trent. Don't go down that road again. You have you have no idea. Like that is one Here of the most frequent things that I get asked by Good people job. when they DM me. How's that roof going? As oh. if you know, <laughs> I haven't want to take advantage of all this time off. You know, I just, what are you doing? Yeah. That's the thing about for? when you do stuff like this and you put your life out there and you think no one is listening. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh no. They're People listening. People DM me about cheese, the, yeah, the- <laughs> which personally I love, and I'm happy to discuss cheese. You're, you're going to get some more purse cheese in the mail, Oh, my Sarah. God. Yeah, it, it's Talk a thing. Talk to me. It's a thing. I mean, uh, we have we have some really cool people out there that are listening and wanting to participate and and uh, sending us messages and stuff. And and that the, I never knew this about podcasting, but it's a medium that seems to be connecting people, like connecting us to people in a way unlike YouTube or Instagram. Um, it's it's a little more intimate. I, I guess, feel. yeah, I think you're right, and uh, and like people message me like, oh man, I feel like I know you and your wife, and I never get that kind of uh, feedback from any other social media platform, and that's long time listener, really first great. time caller, yeah, yeah, man, and <laughs> I love that because the reality is is that we're all people, you know, and if you see somebody on social media, you don't really know who they are, but in a podcast setting like this where we're recording for like an hour and a half, two hours once a week. Uh, it's pretty hard to cover up who you are and why would you do it anyway? Like who the hell am I to like, just try to act like I'm somebody else. It doesn't. Well, and that's, that's the thing, I guess if I was like your brother-in-law who does acting work, you know, and you gotta, you gotta be, you gotta fit a role, but we, we don't have a role. This is, this is literally our life, our interests our you know, this is where our interests and our lives intersect and about us trying to build something bigger than just some projects in the garage. Not that I'm dissing yeah. projects in the garage, but like you have a vision and I have a vision and we're trying to bring a lot of people along for the ride and not just be stuck in the garage for lack of a better word. Like I'm not yeah. phrasing it properly. I think but- what you mean to say is like you're we're bringing them into our personal lives on a level that is um, not possible by, you know, create. I mean, it is possible if you do YouTube enough, if you're a vlogger or whatever, yeah. you, could, you could do that. But uh, that's not my goal for YouTube. You know, my goal for YouTube is to like, you know, create some great content that's dr- driving a business and, and helping people doing what they want to do and learning. But I, I can't just go like right in the middle of say wiring up a VFD or building something in my with my mill or you know whatever and go hey you know the other day I made some chicken wings and stunk the whole house up and smelled like shit it was like you know I, I you can't segue I mean it's it's a little difficult so um, doing things like this this is something that people who really want to get to know us can do that and and kind of you know follow along with our other projects in our lives and yeah what we're doing so that's, well and, and, i dig it so it, it it is kind of a weird mix of like behind the scenes but also uh I, th- I think it's part of our bigger vision yeah i totally agree i i was actually listening to 
Okay, so Jeff Fader has, uh, and I know I talk about Jeff a lot, but I feel like I resonate a lot with Jeff and I really love his work. So I always, I try to pump him up as much as possible. But at the same time, it's a lot, it's very genuine. Like I really love his work. So, cause I see what he's up to. He works really hard and he, he's, he's just very dedicated to his craft. And I love that about him and I empathize with that, uh, with him. Uh, he, uh, I just got done listening to Quentin Middleton, who is uh, an African American knife maker. And he tells the story of like becoming a knife maker, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and all of the challenges that go along with number one, just becoming a maker, a craft, a craftsman yeah, where, yeah. you know, you have to learn a craft, but also being someone who is is black and in a, a very predominantly white uh, driven uh, sort of uh, field. Cr- craft field mm-hmm. and uh, his connection with uh, Jason Knight and all the people that helped him along the way. And then. You know, the inspiring concepts that this person, you know, all the things, things that I take for granted, because, you know, I've got the 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 uh, the advantage of being a white American male. Uh, You know, I take these things for granted because it's my life. It's it's like who I am. Uh, And I'm listening to him tell his story about, you know, climbing the ranks and learning and sharing and uh, trying to be taken seriously, trying to be taken seriously and 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 all of that. And it was just a beautiful story and it inspired me so much. And to hear uh, Jeff talk about it with Quentin and hear Quentin talk about it so candidly, I feel like there's just no way I could have gotten that from a YouTube video. I mean, unless they were like, you know, inter- videotaped the interaction, but. Right, right. Um, well, and it I was think, such an intimate thing. It was so great. Yeah. And I think that I, I need to say something and I don't want it taken out of context. I think it's horrible in our society in the year 2020 that you have to preface something with identifying his ethnicity. Well, I agree with you. Uh, no, and, and, and that's not against yeah. you. That's not, no, a, I, I'm it's, with you. It's the, the state of the, the state of things. I'm yeah. with you. hundred percent. You know, a hundred, a uh, hundred plus years, a, well, 150 years after his, we still he, haven't gotten over it. The, yeah, the after his people were has, freed, he still is is stuck is with that stigma. Himself. And then and then you yeah. got the I, I'm going to go off on a little bit of a rant here. You got the dumb sons of bitches that are like Black Lives Matter, all lives matter, until you get it through your head that we have to treat black people like they're one of us. Then no, all lives don't matter because yeah. there wouldn't be that problem if yep. if if all lives mattered. They wouldn't be going through what they're going through for the love of God. And so here's something else that's personal that I didn't want to bring up, but this is not one of those, I love black people, I have a black friend. No. My brother, the the one from my father, not the one from my mother, he passed away in service to the country, uh, but his wife is black. My nephew and niece are half black. And it really, really freaking bothers me that I have to worry about the quality of their life based on their skin tone. Yeah, and it hits it hits home real quick when you when you connect with somebody uh, that's outside of your family or that they're inside of your family, but they're outside of your ethnicity, right? So you you really start to empathize with it, and you're like, oh, man, why is this even a thing? Um, and and <clears throat> man. I, I am proud of our country and where the direction we are taking this. And I've said this before. I think that all of these 
the 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 energy that we're focusing on trying to make change is super important and as long as we stay focused on exactly what you said instead of prefacing the conversation with he is a black man or he is this or or a cuban or whatever it's just he's a man you know yeah, he's a he's, person he's a man and, yeah. and that should be that should be the only qualifier is yeah. that he's a human being he's a human being and his oh. life matters and that's that's that so uh if you get a chance go and listen to the full blast podcast uh and the 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 quinton middleton um story is inspiring and beautiful and i loved it and uh they're doing great work over there um i, I really don't like letting some of my personal information out like that because it's really nobody's goddamn business but that's one of those things that it's a I've relevant heard, piece of information. Yeah, I've heard some really ignorant shit lately, and uh, I I don't like throwing that out there like a weapon. But you know, it's amazing how all of a sudden somebody's attitude changes when it's one of the hey, you're one of us, the good old boys, and you say actually no, I don't find that amusing at all because uh, my sister in law and my niece and my nephew happen to be black, and so. Uh, if you just kindly fuck off, I'd appreciate it. Well, here, here's my take on that. So when, when somebody is saying something that I feel like is um, racially ins- insensitive or, or maybe they're hinting at the fact that they might be a racist. I, I don't know if you've ever met people like this, but they kind of subtly drop sort of these um, – <clears throat> these little uh, pieces of information that make they're kind of like fishing to see if you're also the same, you know, in that same mindset. Yeah. And, uh, I, it's, I will it's a do- lot like when you're trying to find out if a girl's single single without just yeah. coming out and asking. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of that same feeling. And so here's how I handle this is I try to educate somebody as much as possible by not, uh, being aggressive or demeaning or, uh, judgmental. Because here's here's what I think is that these people this is learned behavior by the way so if you're you know somebody that feels like you're a supreme person because of the color of your skin that is a totally learned uh, concept that is not something that's ingrained in people at all this is something that's picked up through generations so the yeah, only it's, way it's cultivated. I can, it's cultivated it's cultivated hate and uh, judgmental uh, th- thinking and uh, it's small minded really but um, but here's what I try to do. I try to remember that because the only way that I'm ever going to be able to convince somebody that that's the wrong way of thinking, especially if they're like in their 30s or 40s, they've been thinking this way a long time. I like to use just straight up example, you know, like this, this is why I think this way and and improve it, you know, and and, and I, I guess it takes a lot of patience and understanding that a lot of people don't have or care to have. But you can't get upset at this situation unless you're willing to put in the time to change it. And that time is on a person to person basis. You know, it really is. You, you know, when you meet somebody, let's just say you're friends with someone and they're close to you or it's a family member and they're, they're like that and, and you, you know, what are you going to do? You just write them off or, or join it, in or whatever. It depends. You, you have it depends. to take some time. You I, have to I, take some time. I get what you're saying. And, and it's not that I disagree with you. I think that education is key to almost everything. The problem that I have is that, one, I'm not trying to come off as the white savior. I don't have white guilt. I don't feel like um, it's my place to step in 
being a white man. I feel like I feel like it's my job as a human being to try to be of service and helpful to my fellow human beings, but like I I don't know. If I saw racism, whether subtle or overt, happening in front of me, I would say something. But there's the part of me that says they're not going to listen to me no matter what kind of argument because there was part of them that wanted to accept the ignorance and the hate in the first place. I don't yeah, think I, I, I don't I can think you that. can change lazy intellectualism through discourse and semantics. Sarah and I were having this conversation and we think that uh, the film American History X should be mandatory. I, I agree. Of say high school uh, students, maybe sophomore year, I think people should have to see that film and and understand what that what the meaning behind that film is. And uh, I think that would change the world. I know it changed a lot of. I, I don't ever consider myself racist. Like I I, I don't see color the same way, but. Uh, when I saw that, it put I, I things think that into perspective a, for me. Yeah, but like, I, think I could that see how somebody of, could feel that way. I think that there is a lot of really subtle shit that is built into the system. Like how I really became aware of it was when I was when I was in high school. My mom would say some really, you know, more joking but definitely racial stuff, and. One day I did something that she didn't like, and she said, Joel, you're acting like XYZ group. And I said, you know, to my own mother, I said, I don't ever want to hear you say that again, and I don't want you to direct that at me. I said, we live in Wyoming. There's like five black people out here. And like everything you're saying about them does not affect you in any way, shape, or form. So everything you're saying is not from personal experience. It's literally what you've heard and you're parroting, you're parroting it. And I, one, I don't want to be infected with that. And two, like, I, I, just, I just don't understand that mentality because we grew up poor. I mean, like, I'm not, I'm not joking like, oh, you know, lower. No, like, I was poor. Like, I literally... Up until middle school, I was literally wearing a mixture of hand-me-downs from other cousins, male and female. There was at least twice in middle school and high school where I had to wear shoes that were either way too small for me or way too big for me because we couldn't afford to replace them. Like, I grew up on WIC and food stamps and my deadbeat dad didn't pay child support so like it, if it weren't for title 19 i wouldn't have had health care as a child like i grew up poor not as poor as some people but poorer than the vast majority of people um and that has really impacted my view on life but i my original point to this is that many times in my working life i've had employers big companies and small try to make me feel better about my situation by basically doing the us versus them, because at least you're not X, Y, Z color, creed, religion. You, you know, I'm just a poor white boy, but at least I'm not one of those dirty others. Yeah. 
and that <laughs> that, that was supposed to be the one thing that lifted me above everything else it's like yeah you you work my ass off and you pay me jack shit and that's okay because at least i'm white and that really like clarified things to me is that in this country the argument is we we try to to separate the lesser thans from everybody else and by making the poor white people feel like they're better than everybody else what they don't what they fail to understand is that how much stronger we would be if we united i have far more in common with someone with brown yellow red bl- black whatever color skin than i do with a millionaire or a billionaire absolutely absolutely and, and, and i'm not i'm not trying to tear down any millionaires you know as far as I'm concerned, most millionaires, you you got there, like that's achievable result. But I'm sorry, once you get to billions of dollars, when you actually look at what the average person makes, when you look at how many years that person would have to work, and it's literally multiples of lifetimes, there is no way, no way for one person to ever acquire a billion dollars of wealth through efforts of their own. It's all no, stolen. Yeah, it's all stolen. Even millions. It's yeah. all st- it's all stolen profits from the workers, and, and that's part of the thing that like I'm not a Marxist. I'm not a communist or a socialist. I'm just good at math. <laughs> so I'm t- I'm tired. I'm tired of the really ignorant points that people try to. You know the it's it's why I, I'm not against like the things that you say about capitalism. I see the good sides. But I see a lot of more of the negatives, and the negatives to me outweigh. I don't care that I can pick up an iPhone six for seventy five bucks now. It's not worth it when you look at the actual human cost. And 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 that's yeah. why one of the reasons why I loved like the knife makers. I feel like honestly, those guys with the amount of time and effort and attention to detail that they put in, there's a lot of those knives that realistically should sell for thousands of dollars, not hundreds of dollars. Oh yeah, hands down. Yeah, the the work that goes into a custom made knife. If if people really knew the time that it takes, you can you can always improve things, but the amount of time and uh, tooling and knowledge and uh, all the things that go into that are um, really, it, it you know you're you're putting a lot of effort into something to create a device or create a tool. You know, uh, you better be pretty good at your craft in order to turn a profit. Uh, that's a that's a thing, you know, with knife making. But uh, and a lot of guys do it because they have a following and they have people that support yeah. them and, yeah. and and really push and 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 it's an it's a thing. But it's also business. Yeah. You know, from my perspective, I'm the older I get, uh, the more I look at um, my business uh, as a means to. Um, create uh, revenue and cash flow and all those things. Yeah. It, it becomes a, it becomes a a scenario where I have to kind of pick, you know, I can't, I cannot just uh, spend 20 hours making a knife and sell it for a hundred bucks. You know, it's, it's, it's not like that. Well, it doesn't work for me. So I just, I just want to say something to the audience because I'm not, I'm not trying to preach the audience. I'm not trying to suggest that, we have racists hiding in our midst. I, j- I just want to say, you know, I think that you're a fine bunch of people. Um, you know, I'm when I when I go off on my little rants or whatever, like I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to alienate someone. I'm not trying to. I guess I'm trying to highlight that that 
just the idiocy of some of these points that people hold so near and dear and then ignore the obvious things when at the end of the day, all all any of us are trying to do is become better people and take care of our families and provide good products and good services to our customers. You know, we're you, you want to be a functional member of society is what you're saying, because, you know, I, I don't fully believe that everyone wants to be a better person. I think there's some people that believe that they're perfectly uh, designed the way they are you know they're just they they you know they can kind of walk on water everybody's uh, entitled yeah. to their own uh, opinion mm-hmm. it doesn't make it correct but yeah, yeah I, I see where you're coming from yeah and i think that uh the stance that you think that we're all trying to be better people uh sheds a light on who you are because you know i think genuinely that's what you want you want to be a better person every day you're struggling to be a better person and that's what I'm doing. And uh, I think a lot of the people that listen to this podcast are doing that. And I and watch the YouTube channel and all of that uh, there every day they wake up and go, what can I do today? That's going to make the world a better place. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, that's what I try to contribute every morning when I wake up. I think, what can I do today? You know, like it, I've said in the past, it doesn't matter whether or not I get out of that bed. I mean, the the world still spins. The I world never still think turns. that. That thought never inhabits me ever. What? Oh yeah. That, that I do could... not wake up and and think, what can I do to contribute to the world and make it a better place? That's my goal every day. You are so kind. Is is that because is that because, um, I, uh, I don't I don't know how to say this without coming off sexist. But you're a mom, so you already give more of yourself than and this is probably my my uh life experience shedding <laughs> some light on the subject here but i find that moms give much more of themselves to their families than dads do moms think locally and act globally kind of thing i think what yeah like you're 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 uh you think of your kids care of the, yeah yeah you think yeah. of your kids and then you're like how would I like the world to be so that my kids are safe and comfortable in it? Sure. That's fair. Yeah. that That's a fair assessment. And I don't think that way at all because I have a unique outlook on children. I think that uh, they are going to learn more from me if I get up every day and I go to work and I bust my ass and they watch me do it. And then I come home and I have a cocktail and I watch TV and I fall asleep and they see a man who is happy who has done everything he had hoped to do in one day that he could. And, and, and hopefully they emulate me. Hopefully they find that same passion for their day that they see in me every single day. And I take them to work and all that stuff. My kids are like on my hip all the time, but you know, you cannot give like I have boys, you know, two boys and a girl, right? The boys, they want to be, you know, they want to be like me. Dexter wants to have a workshop. Emerson wants to be a computer guy. You know, the whole thing. They mm-hmm. want to do. They're unique in their own way. Well, our, an our fathers are our first heroes. They really are. Yeah, and I hope to not disappoint them. You know, every day I want to wake up. And, and the only way I could do that is to do exactly what I want with my time at any given time, which is, by the way, the definition of success. If you can wake up every single day and do whatever it is with that time that you pick on that particular day, you have achieved success. That's it. That's it. Doesn't it's not a dollar amount. It's not how many employees you have or your position at work. It's not a title. It's not a a car you drive. It's not a. It's not a phone you have in your pocket. It is 
what you do with your time at any given time. And if you're a slave to, uh, say, a corporation or a business or a project or whatever, and you dislike that time and you and you feel like you're imprisoned, you are. That is the definition of not being successful. So you can rise up. You can change your situation. You can do those things. You can get there. But it is a long, long road and a hard road. I'm a long game guy. I saw this 20 years ago when I was resigning from my job and, you know, going off on my own and everybody was calling me a moron. I went, nope, I know eventually at one point this will pan out. And I was confident that I could do it. Um, and did it suck on the way? Sometimes. But ultimately, I get to pick now and I'm in control of my own destiny. Yeah, and I, yeah. I love that. It's it's me. There is there is a world of difference, and and I don't think until people actually take that step towards self employment, like a side hustle is one thing, but until you're completely responsible for your own health and welfare, I don't think you truly understand what it means to like it is a different kind of sacrifice. In, instead of just sacrificing time or you know, oh, I've got to work some extra overtime because I'm on salary and the project demands it. It is a whole nother kettle of fish when you're like, I'm going to do this job and the next job and the next job. And I won't put a single dollar in my pocket. It'll go back in the business and I'll reinvest it. But two years from now, I'll be able to pay off my house or two years from now, I'll be able to buy a brand new truck with cash and write it off as a business expense. If you think about it, right? You go to work for somebody else and you get a, let's just say you get a salary and it's every year, you know, you make 50K a year, let's just say. Mm -hmm. That 50K is absolutely 100% written in stone. You know you're going to get it. So you get 24, 26 pay periods. You're going to get this chunk of money every single time. You're betting that the guy writing that check is going to continue to write that check, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That one guy. Now, if you make that one guy upset in any way, or you don't do your job <laughs> in any way, that I'm, one guy just one day decides to write your final paycheck, yeah, right? Yeah. And that's it. And you get a pink slip and you're on your way. And then you got to find another guy who you can convince to hire you to pay mm -hmm. you maybe the same amount of money or hopefully more. Uh, and in my head, when I was starting my entrepreneurial uh, pursuits, I realized that I don't want the one guy. I like to diversify. Mm -hmm. I want a thousand clients. Mm -hmm. I don't want one. I want a thousand. Mm -hmm. That way, when one guy says no, or one guy says, you're a moron, I don't like you, I don't like your shoes, whatever it is, and decides to write me that pink slip, I got 999 other guys writing me checks that are saying, you know, you, you're doing a great job. We appreciate you or whatever. And those clients come and go. And you learn that over business, you know, diversification of income through multiple income streams mm -hmm. is by far safer than going to work, punching a clock and doing your own thing or not doing your own thing, but working for somebody else. Right. I feel like if more people understood that they, you know, the right kind of person, there's some people that are totally comfortable going to work, punching that clock, coming I, home. They I don't, don't want to think about it. There's something, you know, there's something about that though that really unsettles me because it's like a plantation mindset. Yes and no. I mean, now, I, I mean, I mean, I get that. I get it. You, you employ people. I understand that, 
But what I'm talking about is the actual mentality. The pro Okay, so it starts in school. Literally, our K-12 through education is based on the factory model. It was designed in the late 1800s to produce factory workers, and it has not yes. changed fundamentally yes. in over 100 years. When's the last time you knew anyone who worked in a factory? You know, that system was designed to, you know, there for, for a few reasons you know my it's, take it's, on capitalism is 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 unique but it's it brings more people out of poverty than any other system yes I mean, but it, the education system is not really designed the way it's designed it was not designed to educate and to make people think critically it was designed right. to make you a compliant worker they yeah. train you early on about maintaining a schedule and doing whatever your boss, in this case, your teacher in that class, you have to please them. It's all about, it It really is brainwashing at a certain level. It's the same thing with the, the Pledge of Allegiance. The Pledge of Allegiance is not recognized by the armed services. It is literally mm -hmm. propaganda. Read the words and understand what they say. We are <laughs> we are teaching our children rhetoric. Or, uh, rhetoric? From yeah, an early right. age. Yeah. We, yeah. we are not teaching them to think critically, and we are not teaching them to work through a problem and say, we don't start from first principles. We, we, that's the reason for the multipl multiplication tables. And I know that math has moved on since I was a kid because the, the way they do math now, it's not that it's... You can't have too many chiefs. Yeah, it's got, it's not that it's, it's new it, math. It's that it's it's different than the way I was taught. But again, it was the same thing with the with the times tables and the the you know it's literally uh, memorization by rote rather than truly fundamentally understanding the concept. One hundred percent agree, and I think that there's a place for this because the system, if you can imagine. And, and, and when so many people talk about the man and the system and how it works and all that, um, those are typically people who are not happy with the system or their station in that system. You know, they're not happy with it. Uh, Sarah, you look like you have something to say. What are you what are you about to say? Um, I was going to say, was it this was it last year or the year before? I think it was this past school year um, when the kids were still there that Izzy came to us to talk about boycotting the Pledge of Allegiance because mm -hmm. yes. she wanted to show her. She she would, did not want to stand up and put her hand over her heart. Right. And she did not want to recite the Pledge of Allegiance. So she wanted, she wanted basically our permission to, um, you know, um, to do that to, if she were if she were to get in trouble would we support her yeah that was her and, question yeah so we we discussed it and you know we said that you know i was torn because i want her to do it and i just wanted to make sure that i was like you know you could you could get a lot of fallout from this and you know your your teachers could treat you differently and but i will back you to the to the dean to the principal whoever like we'll we'll fight for you but you know, just remember when you stand out, um, a lot of people will probably want to talk to you and you'll, the spotlight will be on you. And I know you really hate that. She really does hate that. Um, so I was like, but I, I fully support it. And I felt a little bit bad to discourage her, but I know it would make her really uncomfortable to be uh, noticed beyond her classroom. And also she would face adversity. 
Right. So the, the, there's an enormous amount of adversity that but goes adversity along with adversity makes us stronger, Brian. You, and uh, no, I she's totally 13. agree. She's thirteen. She's a very strong and independent thirteen, and I I don't worry about her at all. Um, she's insanely smart. She's in the gifted program. She's like just one of these kids that uh, she's an old soul. Yeah, she's, she's a fantastic cool. human being. Yeah, but yeah, we just we just let her know like yeah, we got your back. Whatever you want to do. And I think that this leads into the conversation about entitlement because a lot of people use the word entitlement and it's a negative term. But uh, entitlement is one of those things that you can leverage on a positive scale and you can say, I'm entitled to this because this is my right and I can do this because a lot of people in, uh, say, the outlier communities, the the people who are sort of segregated away, the fringe, Mm -hmm. they have a tendency to be uh, entitled and not in a negative way. They see things and then they question them. So, uh, dissent, for instance, dissent our, is the highest form of patriotism. You got that right. So the minute you start asking questions and you get adversity or feedback that is negative or violent, you know you're on the right track because there's people out there that uh, want things as they are mm-hmm. and don't want things to change. Nope. And, you know, you're upsetting the norm and you're not going to recite the, you know, the, the Pledge you, you, of Allegiance. You, re- you remember and, you the know. good old days? I, I'm not talking about the 50s. I'm talking like the 1600s where, you know, if a woman got out of line, you just accuse her of being a witch and you'd burn her at the stake. Yeah, you just bury her up yeah. to her neck and throw rocks at her. I, I mean, for one, got a weird thing. freckle. I, yeah. for one, up. Yeah, I, for one, am very proud of the progressive movement because we've gone from things that like that that we were not proud of and we are and how do you think that happens exactly that happens through entitlement and change and questioning and uh, questioning authority and, that, and people fighting against and, know, and, and it really bother it really bothers me because people are like oh we can't change too fast uh no that's <laughs> that is literally that is an entrenched that to me is the bad kind of entitlement i am comfortable I am benefiting from this situation. I don't want to have to potentially give up what I've wrongfully taken from others. And that, and that's why I am, I, I don't care if somebody calls me a commie, a hippie, a liberal. I fought for my country. I am, I am a country boy through and through. I hunt for my dinner. Trust me, I am the furthest thing from a soft person. You do not want to push me on telling me how I should try to fit in this world i know where the hell i fit in and i know what the hell i contribute and so when i'm telling you these things it's not coming from i read a book by a Karl marx and oh wow i'm just so dumb i bought into this no this is from hard won experience in life where it's like yeah the people who bitch the loudest are the people who do not want to have to give up their advantaged position it has nothing to do about what's actually best for us as a people, us as a country, or us as a species. Yeah, I th- I agree with that 100%. I think that there's a there's definitely people will certain people of power will do whatever it takes to keep the system in place because the system benefits them greatly. And uh, you know, of course, all all the the other people that surround them that are, you know, u- utilizing the same uh, mechanisms to um, sort of keep these uh, ideals uh, sort of in place. 
Well, I just I I, I got involved with a uh, business mentorship group, and we uh, all get on a Zoom call now, which is kind of cool. And we all talk about uh, you know different methods in business and what we're doing, and you know how we're you know working um, our sales force or whatever it might be that we're working on at the time, um, and our concepts for marketing and all this stuff, business stuff. Um, and it's interesting because we're all in different. Um, we're all in different industries, so it's you know, there's nobody that's really overlapping. You know, we're all doing different things. Okay, but the, the commonality is is that we're all entrepreneurs. We're all like the captains and the admirals of these organizations that are doing things or leadership roles and uh, all this. And one of the major things that keeps coming up is the old school way of doing business. Right, the old school way is to trick the other person into doing business with you, like. Uh, you, you don't show them your numbers. You don't show them your margins. Uh, you know, you've got to kind of, you're, you're like the kid taking the test and everyone is around you trying to look at your, your sheet and you've got your arms up and your pencil close to your chin and you're, you're trying to, you know, uh, you know, answer as well as possible just so you can get one up on everybody else and get your stuff turned in and be done with it. Um, I don't think that that's the way business should be done anymore. In fact, like all the business I do now is 100% transparent. Everybody knows the dollars, the cents, the, you know, here's the net margins. Here's what everybody is making. Um, I don't share uh, salaries between employees. That's, I just don't do that because I think it creates, uh, on, it does, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. But I, I disagree, but petty, I, I understand you know? your point, but I disagree. Yeah, I mean, I could explain it away probably, but I just feel like some people don't, they don't feel comfortable with me telling someone else what they make. And I get that. So, but what they do know is that this is what our numbers are this month. So I sit everybody down and go, we did this amount of money this month. And here's our profit margins. Here's what this is. Here's what this is. Here's where the money went. And uh, this, the same concept goes for Housemade. And, you know, all the grinder project, everything's in a spreadsheet. Uh, you know, anybody that works in, in uh, housemaid or around housemaid, uh, 100% knows what those margins look like so that they know what my profit margin is and what theirs are and um, how we are collaborating as a team. Because, you know, without me, it doesn't work. Without them, it doesn't work. And, and, and the, these numbers all mean different things to different people. But I wanted to be completely transparent with that way of doing business. That way, when someone comes to me and says, oh, you're a profiteer, you're a capitalist, you know, you're just trying to sell me something, you're just trying to do something, I go, here, here, let me let me show you, you know, here, here's what we make on each transaction. And then they go, oh, and I'm like, you don't understand. I'm doing this because I believe in fair business. Mm-hmm. I'm not a millionaire because of this. I'm not doing anything. I promote this because I believe in this product mm-hmm. at a fair margin because this is what I need to get paid to make this and sell it to you. That's it. If you don't want it, don't buy it. If you feel like I'm just pushing something on you, then don't buy it. You're not my customer. That's okay. Uh, but he- here's what I – I'm not a Jeff Bezos. I'm not a Bill Gates. I'm not a guy going out there going – You've got a copy of Windows 10, and I need a license fee every five minutes. I need this, this, and this. Well, nope. and I'm gonna, I'm gonna I, take all of works. your personal data. I'm gonna collect it, and I'm gonna remarket that. So I'm, and I'm gonna I'm sell actually, it out from underneath yeah. you and make a profit yeah. on it, but you don't know it. Yeah. See, I don't do any of that. So, uh, 
I'm fully 100% armed with all of this information. And there is zero dissidence in my organizations because of this. Because it is fair across the board. Like when people find out this is what you make, they're, they're like, I, I, you know, they can't argue with me anymore. I'm not the millionaire CEO. I live a nice life. I do that. I took a ton of risks. Okay, great. I'm good at saving money. Okay, great. But no, you have no leg to stand on. You cannot approach me with that mentality and call me the man. I am a leader. That's what I do. I lead this organization. I create businesses. And then uh, everyone around me profits, including me. But don't point your finger at me. And and it, it creates an environment that is... Uh, very easy to to, to sort of uh, find out who is on my side and who is going to hate me no matter what I do Mm -hmm. because there's no, there's nothing that they don't know, you know? And, um, and it pushes the team to do better. You know, when I look at the guys and go, our numbers are low, we got to get, we got to start selling properly. We have to need, we need to get these, these numbers up. And then I, at the, in the exact same breath, I say, don't sell anything to anyone that doesn't need it, but don't be afraid to mention the upsells. You know, if somebody comes in to get something done, tell them about our solid state drive program. Tell them about our data backup programs. Tell them about this and push those things. Don't sell it to them if they don't need it, but just mention it to them. And you know what happens? Our numbers go up and they see it and it's an immediate, it's an immediate response to something that because I know that our finances are an ecosystem. It's a biosphere. Mm-hmm. If something goes out over here, we need to pick it up over here. I, it's just that simple. I, you know, I'm not in your industry or whatever, but I don't, I think personally, based on my own experiences, I believe that people don't like to be sold to, but people don't mind purchasing when it's an actual value add to their life or their situation. agree. And that's why we've been successful for so long is that we say to people like this could simplify your life and it's only a hundred bucks a year. And, and they're like, Whoa, Oh, Oh my God. Like all my data and all my documents and everything can be backed up because of this. And it's only a hundred bucks a year. Sure. You know, and we, we get like a, you know, $25 commission from that sale, but it's something, you know, and well, um, and it's recurring revenue that doesn't have to be, managed and handled and because i'm sure you have automated processes for a lot of that backup stuff so it's it's not breaks we fix it right right but what i'm saying is generally it's pretty hands-off which is really one of the sweetest forms of revenue because that and it brings the customer back yeah because they they now it it forms a trust layer you know between us and uh, this is how business is done i mean it's it's as simple as that but these big corporations business should be done it, I totally agree. It, it, in my head, I feel like if I can, if I can make a life for myself and my employees, and simplify the lives of those who we work for, and if they're successful, that means we are successful. Then I've won. When I start looking at the numbers and go, you know, I could double my salary this month if I just did this, this, and this. I hip check myself and go. That's not necessary. I don't have to do that. Is it worth the stress? Probably not. What's that karma look like? Hmm. Oh, no. I don't want any of that. I don't want that. I want to run a business in an honest way and uh, work with my customers and give them 
awesome service, awesome products. And, and, and know every night when I go to bed that all of those people are 100% satisfied and that I did it probably below the margins of my competitors. That's a win. That, you know, that's a win on, on multiple levels, both on a, a personal, uh, ethical, business, you know, personal, like it, it that's just a, a win all around. I, I don't, that's the thing, Brian. That's I, like, when I say these things, I'm not criticizing you. Just like when I go, oh, on, no, I don't feel criticized at all. Yeah. Just no, like never. when I go on a rant, I'm not trying to like, no, not criticize anybody in the way. audience. I mean, you know, get in where you fit in. If, if you feel like I'm pointing a finger at you, you know, that's more of your guilty conscience than me. As you would say, put your poop in a group. Yeah. But <laughs> You know, I mean, that that's all I want. I want equality of opportunity for people. I don't want, I, I don't like these top-down systems because all, you know the saying, shit rolls downhill? Yeah. That's always bothered me because the concept is, is that people on top get to <laughs> shit on people below them because they're on top. That's a good point. I never thought of it like that. The, yeah. the other one that I really hate, and I hear this one from people who are really ignorant when they say it, you got to pay your dues. Okay. Anybody who has actually belonged to a union understands that when you pay your dues, you get equal protection. What they're saying is I had to go through hell. So you do too, because that's just how we do it here. They don't how actually I, I, believe in the concept of a brotherhood and that you are a protected, appreciated member. How I see the pay your dues thing. It's it's I, a, I'm I, sorry. It's, I see it. It's a total. It it's a, a total way, twist yeah. of what it originally meant, and it's it's literally capitalism's trying to stab unions in the back because capitalists do not like having to give up their power and acknowledge that labor has value. Labor does have value. I I actually see the pay your dues thing as. Uh, so I went to school. I have a bachelor's of science degree. And uh, and back when I went to school, school was affordable. Yeah. So now now it's not so much. But uh, I, I have this bachelor's degree. And um, when I got out of school, I was just as dumb as when I went <laughs> in. So just just be aware. Well, good like, for you uh, for acknowledging that. I was probably about 25 pounds heavier because of all the alcohol that I was consuming and, uh, you know, just chasing girls around and doing my fun stuff. Uh, college gave me some some stuff, you know, that I feel was valuable and right. um, also gave me opportunity, put my foot in the door, for instance. And that's what it's uh, supposed to be. Right. So I got I got my foot in the door with Fox Television and, um, you know, I got an internship where I made no money, but I, you know, I got to you know, wander around a TV station, hold a camera, you know, fix computers and do, do whatever I did. Relative, and eventually relatively that job cool was, stuff. When you think about it, totally cool stuff. Great job. I mean, no money, zero money. Like I, I made no money for the first six months and then I made $8 an hour after that. That was my salary. So $16,000 a year after I just went through, uh, five years of, uh, you know, university. So, um, but what that did was it gave me the tools, the practical tools to sort of move into where I am today. I feel like it was a primer. Right. 
Hence the dues part. And I and I agree with you. Like I think, you know, people misuse it. They they go, you know, look, hey, we're gonna pay you four dollars an hour for the next five years and you're gonna get trained in a skill that you know, will make you uh, say, uh, you know, hundred grand a year for the remainder of your life. That's what I, how I see pay your dues type of thing. It's it's because still the dis- school really wasn't. The, the, the thing is, is that you can try to justify that. Like I, I'm not trying to tear you down. The problem is no, that no, that I is literally a justification for them. I am going to take advantage of you in exchange mm-hmm. for something that I would have given you anyways because I need it for the position. But I'm going to try to guilt you into giving me more because I'm a poor millionaire business owner. I need it more than you do. That's literally the mentality. Like Fox Network did not need to pay you eight fucking dollars an hour. They're a multi-billion dollar corporation. They could have given you a little bit. I had a nice office, though. Well, I will that, say, and I had great, windows. But it's—I'm it, sorry. It's just—it's overlooking it's, the city. It's horse. Cool. It's justification horseshit. And I've—I've I've had enough of it in my 41 years that I can see that shit coming from a mile away every time they say that stuff. Oh, I see it now, like crazy. <laughs> like I, it is bad. It is. And, totally and don't bad. get me wrong. I do not think that you treat your employees like that. No, I do a little bit. I mean, I—you know—the thing is, is like when these guys come in, they're real green, right? Right. And. And they've got no education. And and I mean no education, no college. They've got high school diplomas. They come and they're like, hey, I want to get into the tech industry or whatever. We pay them a low salary. And it's because they are getting on-the-job training. But, again, they w- live with mom and dad. You know, they're 18, 19, 20 years old, whatever it is. They live with mom and dad. And I look at them and I go, the minute you guys can bring me some value – you know, we'll reevaluate your salary. We'll bring you up. And we have a thing where we, you know, every six months they get like, you know, a buck an hour right. or whatever it is. We bring them up. Uh, but it, what it does is it weeds out all the morons, right? So like, you bring these guys in and you're like, hey, you know, you got to kind of step up and do your thing. And uh, some of these guys, they're, they're not dumb, but they don't want to work. And, and they're lazy and they don't want any of this stuff. So it kind of like weeds all that out. So that's how I kind of treat it. And then the minute I find somebody good, bang, I got them up. I get them out. I get them, you know, it's almost like a paid internship, really. Right. In my head. And uh, I immediately rise them up, pay to have them train, get them certifications, and then move them through. More times than not, though, those people, if I get five guys who are decent, four of the five after maybe month one or two, they're not going to work out. And, and it's because they're either not mature enough, they're not the right person, they're lazy, they have an attitude problem, whatever it is. Maybe the work doesn't fit. And uh, that's kind of the di- process we do. At different points in my life, I've been all of those things. Same with me. I, and, and, you know, I probably didn't even deserve $8 an hour when I came out of college. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I literally was an idiot. I mean, I had... Very little to contribute. And um, so um, anyhow, you know, the the concepts here are when I when I was learning the way of the career, so to speak, I could not fit in anywhere. I did not fit in anywhere. But that job helped me learn to fit in. Right. And it helped me. That that goes back to my my point that I think that the people who. And I'm not trying to tear anybody down, but I think that the people who 
can work for someone else and who just want a, a calm nine to five so that they can enjoy the rest of their life. I think that they have totally bought in subconsciously to the factory method and the plantation mindset that I, I, I I'm going to stand by that. I'm going to stand by that. Yeah. Like, and no, that's and fair, fair enough. Like I'm not trying to tear those people down and be like, Oh no, you know, you're worthless. I'm just saying that, you know, that the education <laughs> and the environment molded you to be that way. I don't feel that that's how people are. It, like if if we had a civilization like those uh, hunter-gatherer tribes or whatever, I, I don't think that like those people are like, I'm hungry, I need to go hunt. You know what I mean? I, I think that a lot of the modern ills are literally because we've tried to commoditize everything and get, you know, you're, you're either producing, consuming, or sleeping. Those are really the only three things we do in our day anymore. Yeah, and if you think about us as a worker society, um, you know, we go to work to make money, and that money provides us with comfort. Mm-hmm. You know that uh, that that's pretty much not the basis to mention of it all. profit for all of those uh, businesses. That that's the real crux of the yeah. matter. It, it's not just that we earn our daily bread. We earn our daily bread, and somebody else pockets twenty to fifty percent of that along the way that that's true like and they carry the risk that goes along with it but you're oh right. yes because yeah, there's that, a risk at the <laughs> like it's just the concept we have 330 million americans trust me it's not much of a risk to open a grocery store unless you open a grocery store in the middle of fucking nowhere people need food to eat same thing for building houses don't build a house where people aren't going to live and guess what you'll sell that house like this, see, this is this is not for this you is, is easy. Yeah, but this is not rocket science. We act like everything is complicated. It's not. You know, you're not going to sell a Cadillac Escalade or a or a Hummer to a different audience. You know what I mean? Like that's the the Escalade is probably more of the country club set. The Hummer is you know maybe an executive or maybe a well off plumber. But, I mean, you're not going to sell it to the guy who lives in a brownstone in the Bronx. He's got no place to park yeah. the fucking thing. Yeah, of course. So uh, that that's more of a luxury item. However, like Tyson Farms, you know, which is not really farms because they contract all that out to independent chicken farmers. And then they yep. buy it and they process it. That's what they really are. They're a processor. But hey, let's not get into industrial They're a agriculture company, really. A- anyways, yeah. yeah. So like that's my issue. Like I'm sorry. What risk did Tyson eat, take? People fucking oh, eat food. Like this is not <laughs> fucking rocket science. This isn't. This literally is not Elon Musk trying to put people on Mars. This is literally providing for the needs of people. That is not a risk. That is a guaranteed fucking. Now, are you guaranteed a profit? No, you've got to run it. But I don't think people understand, like, factory farming, how much profit is in that cheap-ass chicken that you buy at Walmart. Oh, yeah. Those chicken wings that, that smelled like shit the other day, those were Tyson wings, by the those, way. That chicken has been marked up 600% by the time it's gotten oh, to yeah. you. The farmer makes the least out of the entire chain. That's what's, that's what's mind-blowing to me when you're like, oh, they took a risk. No, they didn't. No, the person taking the risk on that end was actually the farmer taking that contract because they have to guarantee so many carcasses cross the door. I like to think the economy is like, you know, I've said this in the past, is 
that it's a biosphere. It's like this thing, you know, where one side. There's a lot of it uh, that's just casino. Yeah. Oh, you're you're totally into that, right? Yeah, you're way into that. It makes sense. But the the concepts here are not they're not too difficult to understand when you see them uh, sort of on a monthly level right, or even an right. annual level. Like, so you, you really start to like, once you've owned a business for a while, you like start looking at every, all the numbers start you, to you blend have, together. You, have you look cycles. at charts and graphs. Yeah. yeah. You have you're looking at charts and you're, you're sitting there going, okay, this month we did this. And then, you know, what happened in this month? Oh, we lost money, whatever it is. And uh, a lot of people don't understand like black Friday, like what that actually means. Uh, you or know, what in, a loss in, leader is. Yeah, all, all that stuff. Because we're we're like you said, we're born and bred consumers, and we're producers. And uh, so the system, the way it works, is that you go to work, you wake up every day, so that you go to a job that uh, makes a profit for the guy that you work for, and then um, that money that you get in your paycheck, whatever it might be, you get to go ahead and spend that at a grocery store, at Target, or you go and you buy something on Amazon, and all of those things fuel the economy right so uh when you look at it in a real big uh you know sort of global scale it's like it's it's kind of scary you know because if something happens like say covid <laughs> right uh and all these people stop working there is a vacuum in said economy oh my god you mean you mean pull. you mean labor has some value oh it has tons of value and holy and what, shit and here's what happens you would, you would never happens. hear a true capitalist admit that well, I'm a true capitalist, but I'm also a realist. So I, I see things in the in the way that they are. But the, I the, love you, but Brian, then, but you're no Jeff uh, Bezos. Uh, true. I, I can't. I can't. Uh, I'm you doctor go evil. <laughs> that doctor evil looking motherfucker. That's it. So so the so then when all these people go out and they have to stay home because of this this problem this uh, pandemic. What does the government do, right? We stroke huge checks. We start writing checks to businesses. We start writing checks to people. And we start. Oh, no, 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 no. The money that we bought out. The money. No, I know where it came from. Trust me. I know it came from the taxpayers. And this is. I fully understand. This is what pisses me off, though. They're feeding it back to you. Yes. If you're if you're running a business properly then you're accounting for taxes when you charge your customer. You're just acting right. as the conduit. You're not taking taxes out of your own pocket to put in the government coffers. So here's the thing that people don't understand. When a corporation, even when they do pay tax, which most of the time they don't, when they do pay tax, you've already paid it. So you paid the tax for the corporation. You paid the tax for yourself. You, Uncle Sam has dipped into your check. The only people actually paying taxes in America is the working class. And trust yeah, me, that's true. if somebody is signing a check for you, you're the working class. Yeah, I, people, I had this people, conversation uh, this, this is morning, This is actually. why I keep saying I'm not a socialist. I'm just good at math. People do not understand this. When Walmart moves into your town, they get special tax incentives from the county where your property taxes pay for them. They don't pay property taxes. And it not it always convenient? About the time that their tax benefits are going to expire, they need to purchase a new property and then they get tax benefits on that one and the old property sits empty. Isn't that weird? It's almost like they're designed to take advantage of the community that they move into. And it's not just yeah, Walmart, yeah. it's Boeing, it's UPS, it's FedEx, it's Google, it's Amazon. They all do it. And I'm tired of hearing the the 
what do you call it? The uh, peanut gallery piping up with, ah, well, I watched on Fox News. They're fucking stuffed shirts. They're playing a role. They're telling you what they want you to believe, not what is truth. They are telling you what their corporate overlords are telling them via advertisements. Hey, if you do something that's unfriendly to business, we're going to pull our advertisements. So they're very pro-business. The problem is they're not they're not pro mom and pop business. They're not pro Brian and Sarah business. No, no, no. They're they're pro Jack Welch. They're pro Jeff Bezos. They're pro Elon Musk. They are not they are not the average main street business friendly environment. They are very powerful, very wealthy business uh friendly. And if you look at it in a sort of big picture scale, I will go back to my friend Alan Greenspan and I will say <laughs> that capitalism brings more people out of poverty than any other system. I don't so trust any gr- I, I don't trust any grown man whose idea of uh hero worship is based on a fictional character. He's a big yeah, I, fan of Ayn Rand and I outgrew that shit <laughs> when I graduated from high school. I'm with you. I, I just think I don't think any 70 year old man should still be nut swinging on a crazy batshit fiction writer. Sorry. Well, <laughs> I, I still I, love I see, you, Brian. I, see your I point, still love you. I, uh, no, I appreciate your perspective on it, but I just, I also think like at some point when we dig into other systems, communism socialism yeah i'm not uh, yeah, you know, and then see that's the thing problems that's everywhere. why yeah i'm not trying to promote that but i just i have way more respect for guys like you i have way more respect for guys like jesse and alex out of, with tretton knives over in denmark yep. and all yep. you guys yep. who are going out on your own you're the true backbone of the economy it is not fucking amazon it's not the fang yep. companies it's not it's not these big hundred year old behemoths that have you know, oh, yeah. different corporate structures in every country in the world because they're playing they a tax pivot. game. Like yep. it's, I'm sorry. Yes. Okay. I put fuel in my vehicle that came from, you know, an Exxon refinery or a Chevron refinery or whatever. Yeah. I need that, but that's not really the world that I live in. The world that I live in, you know, I know my landlord, you know, my, I, I know, I, I know the person that owns the hardware store downtown. I know the person that owns the pharmacy. I know the person that works in the post office. Like I actually know these people. They're not nameless, faceless entities that have, you know, some local person who was hired for the job, but really has no authority, has no, no power, no swing. You know, I, I, I am one of those weirdos that I will spend more to support a local business because I think that that, is a far better use of my limited resources than to give it to a company like Walmart and watch that money leave my community. Yeah, I like that. I think that makes sense. I mean, I, I also like shopping at Walmart for certain things, but I, I think like a balance is there. So like I, you know, I think like uh, in terms, you know, me and Sam's Club, mm-hmm. right? You know, I love Sam's Club. It's like <laughs> it's it's Xanadu. When man. do you go to Walmart? <laughs> I haven't been since the COVID thing. You know, I kind of got this feeling like if I'm going to catch COVID, it's 
going to be in a Walmart. You know, I had that feeling. It's like a- when do you even go there, though? Well, you like know, in the past. Okay, let asleep, me tell you my Sarah, dirty little secret. When you're I guess so. <laughs> let me when, tell you when my- everybody's there in their jammies. Yeah, let me tell you my dirty little secret about Walmart real oh, quick. God. Is that <clears throat> Walmart has a, a, a hardware uh, department. Yeah, Most yeah. Pe- uh, ours does anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of the super Walmarts have them. And, uh, you know, you watch my YouTube channel. Yeah, most of All you, the and finest Chineseum your American bucks can buy. Look, they have taps in there. They sell tap and dye in Walmart. And it's maybe at your Walmart. super expensive. Yeah, at our Walmart, we have it. And uh, one of my favorite tape measures came from Walmart. So, you know, it, it's like little things like that that I buy. And I'm in there for like completely different reasons. Like I'm buying windshield wiper uh, blades or something for my car. And then. I'm like, oh, you know, one aisle over is like, you know, yeah, all the cheap yeah. clamps and all the. So at you know, least, at stuff. least, I know that there's some similarity between your Walmart and mine. Yeah, I think they're all pretty similar. Yeah, and then, but, but, you know, Sam's Club is owned by the Walton family, which is like the same, uh, you know, co- corporation yeah, yeah, as Walmart. Yeah. And and I mean, I can walk into a Sam's Club and I can buy a pillowcase full of broccoli florets and also a pillowcase full of chicken wings and i can buy a case of wine and you can buy actual motor oil. pillows and pillowcases yeah pillows pillowcases i get my clothes there uh <laughs> you know um all, all kinds of Spe- things. speaking of sam's club sam's club the uh the the cabinets that you have in your workshop i have the same cabinets i know where you got those they are they are by far the best buy yep. you can get if you want Bang workbenches, dude. You have you you totally you caught me, but that's the truth. Like those, oh no, the, I, the hardwood I, that they yeah, put on those. I wasn't trying. I wasn't trying to killer. like tear you down with that. I was like, no, no, I was like, oh, I'm I'm glad that you recognize the value that's in those. They are, you know, those big cabinets are like mm-hmm. $299 or something mm-hmm. like that. They're huge and they're really easy to assemble. Well, and they're way better uh, that they're way better than the 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 Craftsman version or uh, what's the other company that makes uh the Gladiator Husky. shit? Yeah, oh my god, Husky the Gladiator shit is garbage compared it's garbage. to those. Yeah, and and my computer shop the whole interior is filled with all those workbenches. All that is from Sam's Club. Yeah, I, I bought them all there. For the listeners, it's yeah. the Seville Classics. Uh, I yep. forget what the line is, but it's the Seville Classics. And they've got like a, a hammer tone powder coat. They've got yeah, powder coat. They've got maple, yeah, maple butcher block tops. They've got good like five inch casters. They're like twelve that, gauge that's the steel. Point. It, yeah, like they're, yeah. they're no. I mean, they're flat pack, and you do have to assemble them. But I mean, they are easily two to three times better than the Gladiator shit that you see in like Home Depot or Lowe's. Some of the workbenches in my original computer shop from sixteen, seventeen years ago mm-hmm. are the Seville Classics, and they're still in full operation today. Like seventeen years of being filled with shit, and they're just like i mean they you know they're dinged up and stuff and some of the drawers are dented or whatever well, I mean, but if they, you they work still work. There? i was gonna say if you're what do you mean i'd work there of course do I you work, work there i'm in there all the time i gotta, sound like you work for them you're really pushing this i love sam's club i get my dog food well see there. i'm pushing i'm put i'm pushing that specific brand because i think if somebody wants really high quality affordable 
good looking cabinets, they really should give it a, a, a glance at least because yeah. it is far and away. It's it, I'm, I'm amazed that of bang for your, yeah, bank. I'm amazed that Sam's club of all places sells them because normally you'd have to go to a, like a specialty outlet store to find shit like that. Let me tell you a concept and idea. I'm going to run this past you guys. Uh, I had an idea for a YouTube channel. All right. And it would be a YouTube channel based solely on me cooking food from Sam's Club. So they would be all original recipes that I came up with from the shit that I buy at Sam's Club. Would anybody watch that? I don't know. So you you would basically I'm serious. I'm not you would joking basically around. Be, I've thought about this. You would basically be a YouTube version of the hair-netted ladies that do the samples on Saturdays. <laughs> kind of, yes. But I, I think I would have a I would be a little more creative. Like they wouldn't be it wouldn't be like the pre-made food. It would be like I would take their pork loin, I would make something with that, and then the so rice. like fine dining based on Sam's Club purchases? Uh, I don't know if I could classify it as fine <laughs> dining. So just but. some cooking. It would be cooking, and it would be based on things that you could buy in a grocery store like Sam's Club, like a like a big box, like a Costco or something. But I would specifically call out Costco and down to the actual thing that I bought there. You know, like it would be like I bought this and I used this spice, and everything I used in that recipe would all be stuff I got in in the in the big. So box you'd be kind of like an infomercial. And binging I with know. Babish. I, well, that's kind of it. I thought, like, eventually, Sam's Club would just hire me to be like. Oh, why would they do that, dude? You gotta pay. You gotta pay your dues. They're getting free <laughs> advertising from you. Why would they? Why would they kick you any coin? They're like, yeah, you keep being a sucker and, and giving us all this free advertising. Eight bucks an hour, baby. Yeah, YouTube ad revenue. <laughs> eight bucks an hour i i don't know it was a concept so if you think that uh i should do that uh go ahead and shoot me an email brian at housework.us if you would watch me cook with nothing but sam's club ingredients especially if we have it. any listeners in the audience who are members or like part of the executive team for sam's club Reach out and contact I'm a VIP us. member. I don't know about you guys, but I'm a VIP member. I can go anytime uh, they're open. I just have to flash my card like I'm getting backstage, and I walk <laughs> into a Sam's Club, and I am good to go, and I get all my uh, supplies at Sam's Club. Well, listen, guys, it is an hour 40 into this podcast, and uh, we truly appreciate you listening. So if you got something out of today's podcast, make sure you go out to whatever feed you listen to us on and give us a five-star rating or hit that follow button because that's super important. And uh, and go to our website, housemade.us. Now you can get stickers and parts, pieces, and plans for the Revolution Grinder Project. Also, make sure you go find uh, Trent out on Instagram at 307 Driftwood and his YouTube channel of the same name, 307 Driftwood, and follow him there. Sarah, you can find her at S Avenue on Instagram. And in the show notes, you will find links to our key affiliate program of our major hangover cure, key nutrients, which I'm a huge proponent of. Without them, drinks on the house 
would not exist or it would and i would feel like absolute <laughs> shit the next day he'd so, feel like his uh, garage smells after his sam's club chicken chicken wings <laughs> that's right yeah so uh go out there and buy some key nutrients uh supplements because i truly believe in that uh that that stuff i think it saved my life and uh i or maybe it's actually killing my liver but saving my <laughs> life all at the same time i don't know which but uh it's an awesome it's a sacrifice worth making yeah, you know, a bottle of wine and, you know, a little bit of hydration all at the same time. You know, <laughs> what are you going to do? So anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening to the Work For It podcast. Uh, this is Brian, Sarah, and Trent signing off. We hope that you will every single day go out and work for it. Have a great night. Bye, folks. Bye. If you like this show, take a look at our other shows made for makers just like you at www.makery.network. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.